Well, one set of numbers and two political parties trying to tell the public what they mean after the government opened its books for pre-election scrutiny. This morning reports Ingrid Hipkiss on Wednesday, the morning after Treasury's big reveal of the state of the nation's finances and their best guess of what they'll be like for the foreseeable future. But as Ingrid said there, the two big election players had diverging takes on what those same numbers actually meant. Labour says the pre-election economic and fiscal update shows there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it is winning the battle against inflation. But National is blaming the government's spending for a delayed return to surplus and insists it can still pay for its proposed tax cuts. And it's no surprise that one of the biggest parties contesting the election would highlight only the light at the end of the tunnel, while the other one could only see another train. But the expectations that those numbers were going to be bad had clearly been seeded in the media. Ingrid Hipkiss reckoned so when she spoke to the Prime Minister 24 hours earlier, the morning before the big reveal. I mean, widely expected to be grim reading, you know, debt, the deficit bigger than expected, a surplus further away than expected. Uh, I mean, this is going to be more grim reading and more fuel for national, isn't it? Oh, we're certainly facing a very challenging economic environment at the moment, and the government's books will show that. And Ingrid Hipkiss was far from the only one in our media convinced the books would be bleak, as the Prime Minister himself went on to point out. Yeah, I know that a lot of the commentators have written their, their commentaries already and are just waiting for the numbers to come out to prefit an opinion that they have already formed. Um, but I'd encourage them to wait and see what the pre-election fiscal update shows before they, uh, before they do that. Now also that morning, under the prematurely present tense headline, Prefu, how bad is it? The New Zealand Herald's deputy political editor Thomas Coughlin said that weak-looking books were not only bad for the incumbent government because National had promised to base its alternative government-in-waiting budget on those prefu forecasts. The national financial conditions were concealed from governments-in-waiting in the past, who often got a shock when they discovered the awful truth only after they won an election. And on the spin-off politics podcast Gone by Lunchtime, journalist Bernard Hickey explained that's why we have prefus now. Essentially, the opposition and the public had to just take it on face value that the government was being honest mm. about what was happening in the in the budgets. And because in uh, both 1984 and 1990, there was such turmoil and economic crisis happening, partly caused by the election and, and just by events, dear boy, then... Uh, uh, when the new government came in, they were yeah. shocked. And so was the public. And The incoming governments in both those years came in and went, what? The F, yeah. exactly. And that makes those neutral numbers, which politicians and the public alike only get every three years, a bit of treasure from our Treasury. The spin-off's Toby Manhire described it this way on that special Gone by Lunchtime podcast, catchily titled, Everybody Was Prefu Fighting. Right, as far as it gets at an election campaign, this is a, a spin-free set of documents. Wow, it's like a new thing to spin, um, but, at least, <laughs> but at least it's fresh spin. Yeah. And spin them they did after Tuesday. But while the accounts were not as dire as many in the media and the political opposition had predicted, 
Bernard Hickey argued that other looming liabilities, like infrastructure deficits and the looming multi-billion dollar bill for failing to meet emissions targets in future, were not factored in, and these would give a much truer picture of our actual economics. But others pointed out that the economy is, once again, being propped up by a short-term injection of high immigration, which has far exceeded Treasury's earlier expectations. But in the here and now, the PREFU revealed that the government will need an extra $9 billion next year and will have less to spend than in the budget 2023 for the foreseeable future. RNZ's political reporter Giles Dexter summed it up like this. There's no projection of a recession and inflation is forecast to drop back below the magic 3% marker by December 2024. There is, of course, nothing magical about that marker of 3% inflation. It's just the top of the 1% to 3% target range that the Reserve Bank of New Zealand has always been asked to hit. But the key word there from Giles Dexter was projection. In other words, these were the best guesses of economists. And Stuff noted that migration was forecast to peak at close to 100,000 in the year ending September, and that's about 33,000 more people than Treasury forecast only in May. Let's hope other relevant predictions aren't also out by as much as a third. But political parties will now recalculate fiscal policies for the election campaign. Though, as we heard, National insists no U-turn will come on its announced tax cuts because, they say, that plan is cost-neutral thanks to revenue generated by other tax tweaks, notably the tax, or is it a fee, for big-ticket house sales to foreigners. And after independent economist Michael Riddell said neither Labour nor National's current economic policies are tenable and wouldn't reduce the nation's deficit, on Morning Report, Corin Dan put that to Christopher Luxon. He's very critical of Labour. He is very critical of you too. He says the back pocket boost package was advertised as only fiscally neutral. It is clear that the foreign buyer tax numbers do not add up. For now, the package adds to an already very large deficit. What a load of rubbish. Uh, The bottom line is that our tax plan is fully funded. It comes through revenue raising, as you identified, but also reprioritisation of savings. Now, on Wednesday night, TVNZ's deputy political editor, Mikey Sherman, told One News viewers this. One News is expecting another bombshell to hit National's phone buyer doorstep tomorrow as a group of economic experts are set to release a paper casting serious doubt over the policy. And that chorus of criticism from a supergroup of economists led RNZ's news the next day. Economists across the political spectrum have examined National's proposed foreign home buyers tax and identified an enormous revenue shortfall. National has claimed the tax will raise $740 million a year, but has thus far refused to release its workings. And while he was at it, Michael Riddell even gave RNZ some media management advice for National. It's got so much attention that if their numbers are robust, you'd think you'd put it out there, get a day's attention, and the issue would move on. You know, no one can force them to, but if they don't, then voters and independent analysts will reach their own conclusions. Well, he wasn't wrong. That's exactly what they did do. But back at the Gone By Lunchtime podcast, Bernard Hickey wondered whether the much-mooted independent costings unit to run the rule over policies at election time might help with this sort of thing. Other countries have them, he said, and they even work with political parties to tweak their policies to make them a bit more practical. And that's what I think an independent costings unit would force the parties to do, to actually uh, say what the assumptions are they're going to plug into the machine. Tell us what your population growth assumption is. Tell us what your uh, investment growth uh, assumption will be. And by the way, when we plug in the tax settings you've given us, 
that comes up with a very low investment number or a very low productivity growth number. And that would, you know, be quite good for people who want to call bullshit on various parties all of all kinds. Now, that sounds like a great idea that could lift the policy offerings and sidestep the sort of squirming we've seen in the media this past week. But will politicians ever greenlight a mechanism which would allow people, including journalists, to, as Bernard Hickey put it, call bullshit on their populist plans to pick up more public popularity at election time? Few politicians, it seems, would vote for that.